Welcome to Part in the Confusion. We're back. This is Paul Arnold, joined by Ernest Watts. This is number 196, Ernest. Can we make it to 200? This close, we have to. I mean, it's just... Yes! yes. You don't tell me we don't have four more? Yeah, we always got to do four more. And we were just talking before we started the podcast. A famous sports announcer from Central Michigan used to use yes. And who was that, Ernest? Dick Enberg. Dick Enberg. Had, and oh my, oh my. He dated way over his coverage because he was in Los Angeles and he was a sports announcer. And he dated Dorothy Hamill for quite a while there. He dated Dorothy I Hamill? Know. like 40 years age difference. I know, I know. Gee. Yeah, how he got his start, don't you? No, he tell is, me. Okay, in the early 60s, there wasn't a lot of college basketball shown live on TV. Uh, the first live game, even the Final Four was not shown live. The first live national game to the national was the UCLA-Houston uh, game in 1967. So he did the UCLA games, and they he would broadcast them, and they'd show them tape delay after 11 o'clock in Los Angeles. And that's how he got into that, and then he wound up doing the what was then the California Angels baseball and then CBS brought him to the football. He did he did all the major sports except hockey, college and, and, and football, college basketball and all that. And even though he was from Michigan, he, he got known out Southern California. He was you know, him and Vince Scully were the voices of California sports for a long time. A lot of people didn't know Scully did football games on CBS and would do college games also. And it wasn't just baseball that he was doing. The, the most famous, if I know no one in our listening audience remembers, was the, the great game San Francisco and Dallas, the Dwight Clark catch in the end zone. Yep. That was called by Vin Scully and Hank Stram was doing color for CBS. It wasn't as a lot of people would have thought would have been Pat Summerall and, and Madden. It wasn't that group at that time. That that was considered CBS's number one group. Now we've got a deep dive into <laughs> if we haven't lost you yet, we're going to lost you then. Yeah, we're going to talk about some recent sports now, but that's just a quick deep cut about sports. And Dick Emberg hosted the first sports trivia show, but that's for another show. Anyways, last week I drove down from Michigan down to Chapel Hill to meet Ernest, and we went to a North Carolina basketball game, my first one in the Deem Dome. I took lots of pictures, uh, and just a quick cut right to the end. Toward the end, North Carolina was finally overcame University of Charleston and all that they were trying to put forth, and all of a sudden the crowd started chanting, Biscuits, 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 and I turned to Ernest and I said, What are they chanting? And Ernest explained, if you scored 100 points the next day if you took your ticket which would be on your phone these days <laughs> you'd get two free sausage biscuits at Bojangles and, so and sure enough it. when UNC scored their 100th point the 6,000 or 8,000 students in the crowd just went crazy about getting free biscuits from Bojangles which evokes the scene in Will Ferrell's basketball movie uh, where they scored 130 points, everyone got corn dogs, but he didn't have any corn dogs, so he ran out of the uh, 
he actually was playing defense against his own team. To <laughs> 130 points. So that's that's an old promotion. I miss a lot of the old promotional things they used to do. Some still do the firing, the T-shirt cannon and mm-hmm. those types of things. Yeah. But the, the NBA has become so staid, I think, in a lot of extents that they're getting away from those promotional things. Now they just play music or sell their brand in that respect. But I, I like that old school they've been doing that at carolina since the first i went to the second game ever in dean dome and that was 86 so they've been doing that since 1986 well when i got back my son david was really curious how the dean dome was and explained it it didn't have a central uh console that you looked at for the score like most basketball courts have the score was up on these four really huge um screens and 21,000 people get in there. Everything's Carolina blue. It's right into campus, really intricated well, good bus system. Um, but my son said, well, how does it compare to Cameron? Isn't Cameron, like, intimate? Why would you build something bigger? And I'm thinking, you know, sometimes the old is good, but this was great. Just the whole atmosphere was great, and they kept on promoting, you know, how many uh, national championships they've won, and did a lot of promotions that felt like a movie, like you're inside a movie theater. And of course, the biggest cheers went for one man, besides Roy Williams, who made a, a appearance near the court. It was, of course, when Michael Jordan, on the video, said, I'm a Tar Heel, and the place erupts. And it was quite the experience. What's your favorite part of going to a game there, Ernest? Oh, I just, uh, I think it was the time I saw the Lakers. Uh, it was when Magic came back from being diagnosed with HIV. I just looked into a front row seat to the Lakers and the Bulls and got to see Worthy and Jordan go against Michael Jordan. And, and, and I mean, Worthy and Magic go against At Jordan Pippen. Oh, the Dean Dome, the exhibition game. Oh. Like, but a lot of pride in that extent. So I, I enjoyed that. I mean, I've, like I said, been going since 86. And I will, I will uh, being a basketball connoisseur, I will address David's uh, comments. I have been in the... Um, the the snake pit? Well, <laughs> and, you know, when I went in with a buddy to go to, uh, to Duke... Um, I turned to him and did that old scene from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade where Sean Convery turns over to uh, Indiana Jones and say, says, uh, you know, we're pilgrims along, around the, the, the unsaved right now, son. <laughs> uh, I That was when that movie was going on. It, you know, it did, up until about two years ago, they had no air conditioning. And it's a very, very tiny gym. The bottom areas are bleachers, and the seats are in the upper deck. But it was built into a building, and then they arranged they – they can't expand it. And they're never going to do it because of the historical aspect of it. NC State had one also, and NC State's was constructed – that was Reynolds, where 75% of the seats were at the end zone. And the upper deck hung over the court. If you were in the upper deck, you were actually kind of like it used to be, I think, right field at Tiger Stadium where the overhang was over the field. It was yep. the same concept. Great seats. Oh, it's the best basketball seats I ever was half court at, at Reynolds for NC State. But now they've built an all-purpose stadium with the camp, and it's 
five miles away from campus, whereas Reynolds was on the campus. This is what Dean Dome I stay is. back to the Dean Dome and, and Cameron. Why is Dean Dome better? Uh, well, first of all, very few Duke graduates stay in North Carolina. <laughs> Most of the student bodies from out of state. And uh, Carolina is the state school. State, state and Carolina have the biggest followings in the state because that's people that graduate there, you stay in the state itself, whereas Duke graduates go on and become Supreme Court justices and all that and commissioners of the NBA. They move out of state, so the, there's not a lot of home followers. So that's why it, there'll never be anything bigger. They'll, they'll stay in, in Cameron from here on out. But you can't tell Cameron from the outside. It looks like a Gothic building and with stained glasses on it you almost think like it's a theology where they teach theology until you get into it and there's a little vestibule and you go through and and again it's it's less than ten thousand it's less than half of what's in, in the dean dome in that respect and again that's that's they're not a lot of, they're more probably more duke fans outside the state of north carolina than they are in the state of north carolina mm-hmm. And again, that's the composition of the, the student body in that respect. When we went to the North Carolina game, our tickets were in the upper rim, but they weren't too far up, and it wasn't too steep. I was impressed that it wasn't too steep, and you could see the court layout really well, and the game was uneven, and finally North Carolina's talent just overwhelmed a really hot Charleston team. So... College basketball is way too early, so let's jump over to college football as it's getting very interesting. As just yesterday, um, South Carolina whooped on Tennessee. You like that terminology, whooped on? So, and they lost their quarterback, too, torn ACL. Oh, my gosh. Tennessee did. So yeah. that's that was, you know, Tennessee could not make it to the SEC championship, so the only chance they had was to run the table. And and someone else, a set of circumstances where one of the one team teams with one loss lose and they'd have a better record than a conference champion, but that was not going to happen after you give up 64 points. And that's it's strange that the quarterback for South Carolina, Spencer Rattler, who was at Oklahoma, which has really fallen off the rails this year, he he couldn't handle the pressure of being with a program where he was a Heisman Trophy candidate last year. He lost his job to Williams, uh, the freshman who's at USC now. And But you put him in a situation with very little pressure, like South Carolina and the SEC East, and he's, he's done fairly well. I don't think he's a pro prospect, but he needs respect. But this was, South Carolina was supposed to have a below 500 year, and they're going to go to a bowl game. Most likely they're going to go to either the Citrus or the, the one Tampa. So they're, they're going to do fairly well. And that's, that's, Frank, that's uh, Sean Beamer, who is Frank Beamer, the old Virginia Tech coach. That's his son coaching the team. And a lot of people thought that it was nepotism. You know, you went, Tennessee had that when they hired Vince Dooley's. Right. Vince, right. The Vince Dooley's son, Derek Dooley. And that wound up getting them on probation with a lot of what was going on there. Yeah, I think South Carolina is going to go to the Kevin Hart Bowl. You know, that's Capital One card. Oh, Capital One? <laughs> yeah. Not the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl? There really is a Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. I know, I know. It's just, it's so beyond ridiculous now. Well, he, he took the joke of 
the sponsorship and took it to the next step in that respect. Yeah, and you got to. But this, you know, yep, we've said this for years. There's tinny bowl games. There really are. When teams with losing records or the teams that are six and six get it's, it's there's too many bowl games. Now I love them. I watch them. I you know if it's teams that I you know gives me something to watch in December. But there's there's way too many. So that leaves some interesting discussion now about you know the top three of course are going to be Georgia, Ohio State and Michigan and TCU will hang in at number four most likely they had a close call just like Michigan did but you know USC University of Southern California is knocking on the door what kind of scenario do you see them getting into the top four and unless Ohio State and Michigan play to a tie to infinity <laughs> they're going to slip in and speaking of us the uh, your star Heisman Trophy candidate column is that his name? Did I pronounce Corum. it right? Corum. Corum. You. Yeah, his knees oh, got okay. banged up. And what's his status at this point? Will he be able to yeah. play? Or that, you know, what am I asking? If he can walk, he'll play. Yeah, he'll play. To, they'll make sure. So we'll just jump right ahead to the you know profile or building up the Michigan Ohio State game if it needs building up. Around here, it doesn't. Um, so all year long, each coach starts developing plays in secret for the game that they haven't played, they haven't done all year long, and then the players play no matter what shape they're in. And against Illinois yesterday, Michigan rested their starting tight end, their starting left guard, and when Corum went out in the first half with a sore knee, he could still run, but he said we're going to save him because if they lost to Illinois, it really didn't make a difference because they got to be. Ohio State one way or the other. Um, because if they beat Ohio State, they go into the Big Ten Championship, whether they lost to Illinois or not. Um, and then what's not talked about is the second running back, um, Edwards, his older brother Braylon used to play for Michigan and played in the NFL. He's been a really good back out of the backfield to catch passes. He's been quiet the last two games, and so we're wondering he hasn't even been dressing for it, so we're hoping he's going to play. So they're going down to Ohio State. Ohio State has a lot to prove, a lot of anger over last year, and we call Day Blackbeard now. So Blackbeard (laughs) has been uh, grunting and complaining and took Jim Harbaugh's comment about how some people are born on third and thought they made it there by themselves when they hit a home run. Um, Anyways, Bottom line, Michigan plays off state next Saturday at noon. It's going to be cold. Michigan's quarterback has not looked sharp. Um, we're sort of anticipating a year it's going to be a close game, but they probably won't pull it out this year. I'm hoping, though. Okay. The, the landing on third and thinking you woke up a triple, that's a quote from Molly Ivins, and that was made about former, uh, former President George W. Bush. Yes. Uh, giving that context, maybe instead of calling Day Blackbeard, how about Dye Beard? Maybe that works. Out oh, Dye? He, he dyes his hair? Yeah, dyes his beard. Yeah. That's too impossibly black. It is incredible. It's got to be a dye job. I mean, it's a better dye job than, than um, uh, Coach Saban's hair thing is. But <laughs> I always say that because I 
realized I had an epiphany that Saban's only five years older than me. Ooh. So maybe he's not too old to coach him. The bottom line for the bigger football pitcher is it always works out. These games play out, and all this hula about who make, who's in the top four for the college football playoffs, it, it, it doesn't really become that controversial until the very end. Um, so, so who well, do you think are going to be the final four? You're well, now, the, here's your scenario for things that could blow up. LSU beats Georgia. That LSU has two losses. No team has gotten into the final four with two losses. But if they win the SEC, so they, they're going in. Well, Georgia would still go in. So you'd have Georgia, yeah, LSU, the winner of Ohio State. Michigan, yeah, that will go Michigan, in. And it's got to be down between an undefeated TCU team and a one-loss USC team. And, you know, I don't know. Those are the, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 don't carry the gravitas. Ooh, that gravitas. The, thank you, thank you. The, the SEC and the Big 10 do. So that might be something, uh, you know, you get the West Coast viewing. That's what AB, that's what ESPN slash ESPN would want, is to bring in the West Coast in that. And then you get better ratings and better show in that respect. So there's some things that stumble. If, if TCU loses, I believe they're probably going to play either Kansas State or I'm trying to think who's going to be in there. Oklahoma that. State? Oklahoma, no, no, Oklahoma they lost State, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Might be Texas again. It'll be they. They have no divisions in that. And if and it looks like the Big Ten Westerns most likely gonna be Minnesota. No, Iowa. Iowa. Iowa oh, beat Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, okay. So Iowa's gonna Iowa? play. Iowa's gonna play the winner of the Michigan Ohio State game, but there's no way that. Team's gonna no, beat. they can't. Well, uh, already Ohio State has has beat them by a large amount this right, year. Right. And no, that's whoa, whoa. I mean, in my little neck of the woods, it's gonna be UNC and, and and Clemson. I think only Clemson has the opportunity to make the Final Four if they win. But then again, they'd have to see. You know, TCU would have to lose. USC would have to lose, and it's still not open to who to. Uh, the Pac-12 this year also got rid of divisions, so they could face either Washington or Oregon. Utah, Oregon or Utah. It's it's up in the air who they would face the next day. So there's there's a lot of things opening, but, but yeah, I think it's going to be the winner of Ohio State, Michigan, which I'm not going to say which one I think it probably be. Uh, Georgia. TCU and USC, unless I think if USC or TCU fumble the ball a little bit and lose, that leaves someone else to slip in like a Clemson. I think TCU has been living on the edge all year long. They've barely won so many games. I think that eventually catches up to you. You're Uh, saying that the New York Giants slash Minnesota Vikings of college football and and eventually this living on the edge is going to catch up with them like we did those two teams today yeah and my lions now i claim them once again uh took care of the giants pretty handily did, today and so did the cowboys before, took care of the I was gonna say, Vikings. we'll get to the nfl in a little while but were you tempted to go see cleveland and buffalo there was no tickets 
No, they didn't let anybody in. No, free? no, no. They were all bought out by Buffalo and Cleveland fans. They all traveled yes. out of the snow. Yep. Well, it was packed. Wow, that's loyalty. The last time there was a game moved because of Buffalo having too much snow, they were giving away tickets. You could go to the game and just go in. This time, uh, Ticketmaster did a better job than with Taylor Swift tickets and filled <laughs> it up. Because I remember when the Minnesota, when the old Metrodome, when the roof collapsed, mm-hmm. and they played Minnesota's home games in Detroit. Is that not correct? Yes. Yep. yes. yep. Long time ago. And, and they kind of like just opened the doors, right? At that time, I think yep. they opened the doors and let anybody want to come. But that's a heated rival, whereas Buffalo and Cleveland are not really Detroit rivals to that extent. I mean, I'm sure you've got – and I guess it wasn't that far a trip for people from Cleveland. No. Made it Three and a half hours, yeah. No, no. But back to the college football, uh, who you got – I mean, before Corwin went down, I know that he was probably one of the top candidates for the Heisman. I think – I, I, you know, and I also think Ohio State and Michigan were looking ahead because neither one of them looked very convincing. I mean, Maryland had was close the entire game, and and their quarterback didn't exactly wow anybody. I, I don't know if there's a real outstanding candidate for the Heisman this year. Even Young has had some terrible games yeah. at Alabama. No one really... You have to give it to somebody, right? That's what they said yeah, about Mark Ingram yeah. when he won it in Alabama. You have to give yeah. it to somebody. Yeah, I mean, the the candidates are the USC quarterback, Williams, Ohio State's quarterback, Corum, uh, Young, uh, Georgia's quarterback is, looks too much like a CPA. So then I, and that's a shame because <laughs> he's had a great year. Yeah, uh, I mean those those are the real candidates. Everybody else has kind of fell off a little bit. So uh, who's gonna? Let's just jump to the end. Who's gonna win the national championship right now? I we're looking at right now. It's probably a Georgia Ohio State game. Mm-hmm. And I, much as I hate to say Ohio State, it would probably be them. Wow. No, I don't think Ohio State can beat Georgia. I mean Georgia's offense. Even this week, looked a little. I mean, they didn't win by very much this week. And the defense, the defense, but they've had injuries on defense. The Big Ten's been down this year, and they just the teams don't look as strong. Ohio State hasn't played a good non-conference game all year long. Not against one of the big boys. They played. Didn't they play Oregon the first game? Yeah, and barely yeah. beat them. I think uh, Ohio State is not as good as they think they are. Of course, I'm going to say that as a Michigan fan. Um, and I think Georgia will take care of them when back-to-back. Georgia probably has the best defense. USC has the best offense. Unfortunately, is USC has no defense whatsoever. But they can literally score every time they get the ball. I mean, it's Lincoln Raleigh has, in one year, turned around a program that had a sub 500 under 500 record last year and they've really got revenge back last year ucla beat them by 30 points Mm. and they won by three last night and and again the offense was just clicking the entire game and and williams is just a sophomore 
And he came in with Lincoln. Of course, they were both together at Oklahoma. But he is just... I think the problem is that the majority of USC games are usually at 11 o'clock on Saturday night. Now, mm. next week will be a national game because they play uh, Notre Dame. And because there's not really a consensus pick, another big word he's used this week, for the Heisman this week, uh, if he he shows off against Notre Dame. Yeah. And I think Notre Dame is a little underrated. I think they've you know they've done better than people expected i think that might push him across it also depends on what your two stars for ohio state michigan do i mean there's there's big games that that really and and here we are again we're winding down college football i hate it the, the, the last 12 weeks have been so intense every week there's been one game that you went back and went wow to that that we're going to be stuck with the uh, weeder and the tidy bowl <laughs> and uh, the I don't know half these the the big boy more and more bows and and I'll watch them but they'll be in half empty stadiums and you won't have that spirit no you won't have that packed crowd you won't have the band playing you won't have the cheerleaders it'll be half empty played in the Bahamas or none of them are on campus and it it, it it's kind of you wait until the middle of January, wait for a championship, and I'll be glad when we go to the 12 games, uh, the 12 teams. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be on campus, and that'll be a. I think the atmosphere will be so fantastic, and I think that the first round will be on campus. Then they'll do some of these bowl games, but I think it'll it'll put the charge in in college football. So I'm gonna make you rank the impossible because. Every time NFL playoffs come along, we think, gosh, this is the greatest NFL playoff run we've ever seen. Last year, there were amazing games. And then March Madness comes along, and we go, wow, that was crazy. It couldn't be any better than that. And then we get back to college football, and we're like, wow, college football every week is so great. So between those three, what's your favorite thing to watch? In oh, second and third. I know it's like picking between children here. I know. I gotta go with the NFL first. Ooh, really? You just talked about yeah. how much you loved college football. I do, but you know, last year all the playoff games, except for the championship, were blowouts. I mean, it's it's the one about the final, uh, the NCAA's is the, the first and second round. You'll get the underdogs win, but after the underdogs win, and that next weekend they get slaughtered. So it's the sheer number. The odds are you're going to get some close games. But the, the first round, the wild card round of, of NFL is the best. It's like the first weekend in final of the NCAA's. College football, we got to go through all these half-filled stadiums and everything. I, I, you know, when we look at these failed professional football leagues, the biggest failure is they're empty stands, and it could be great football. Without a crowd and the sound and the sights and everything, without people running down the hill at, at, at Howard's Rock at Clemson, without them touching Be a Champ today, the banner at Michigan, or the guy with the tuba dotting the O, or the song girls at USC, or the <laughs> elephant at Alabama. I mean, it's, it's, that's just the, it adds so much to the it. The eagle it's, at Auburn. The Eagle at Auburn. The Bull I mean, in Texas. 
Yes, or the Colorado Buffalo. I mean, they all Uga have Georgia. Ugga, mm. Georgia, the Hedges, the, the Wreck at Georgia Tech. I mean, all of them have something, a little uniqueness about that. The train that wouldn't go in Purdue. <laughs> yes, the, the unknown train. The uh, jump around on the fourth quarter at Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Or Iowa uh, I mean, looking at the hospital. The hospital with the kids. I mean, that's just it. Every one of them have that little. It, it's kind of like the uniqueness, like Major League Baseball stadiums that you look for. The little thing that separates them and makes them unique. And it's just uh, the, the regular season. Again, the thing about college football is, is the NFL is the only thing that leaves you want more. Every other sport, by the time they stretch it out, you're like, let's get it over. When you get to January 9th, and let's say it is. Georgia and Ohio State, or Georgia and Michigan, which would be great matchups. You're going to be fatigued. You're going to be fatigued out of it. Same thing with the World Series. I mean, I watched the first couple of games against the, the, the Astros and, and the Phillies, and everybody was going, the great story, the Phillies, the only third-place team ever made the World Series. But my game four is like, can we get this over with? It's November 3rd. I'm just tired you know nba playoffs get that way too when you have a two-month period for playoffs and we have 90 you know it's it's 45 days for college football because thanksgiving weekend then you get into actual playoffs because you have these conference championships when you go from november 27th to january 9th to get to the last two teams it's just like why are we waiting so long it just takes too long. It's two months for the Stanley Cup, and it's two months for for uh, in NBA, and it's an entire month and a week as it was for baseball this year. And the first couple of weeks are exciting, but after a while, maybe because you've seen so many, it's it's the same thing. It's a month for for the final for the March Madness. That's, we call it March Madness, and it never ends in March. It always ends in April. <laughs> Right, right. Well, yeah, I know. So, okay, now I know your top three. Let's head over to the NFL because you just said that's your favorite. If you had to put one, if you had to pick one of those top three type experiences, it'd be an NFL stadium watching your beloved Panthers win a wild card game, and that's not going to happen this year. <laughs> no. <coughs> and that not choked him up, folks. Hey, it it's, me up. it's like, oh my gosh. No, no, we 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 shut down a Ravens team, but could not score any points today. I mean, I'm I'm watching Baker Mayfield end his career slowly but surely. Without progressive, what is he? Uh, right now, he's doing the Heisman House commercial. Oh, that's right. Yeah, him and Barry Sanders. That, yeah, progressive dropped him when he left Cleveland. Yeah. So he's he's there with Barry Sanders complaining about the Alabama guys, but it's it's stunning to see a quarterback's career go down so fast. Uh, it's been a strange year. It seems like everybody is either three and six or four and seven. I mean, there's, there's very few dominant teams. Dallas looked thoroughly inept in the fourth quarter against Green Bay, and they destroyed Minnesota today. And and Buffalo was just just moving along, and now they've finally won after losing three in a row. Uh, 
we thought everybody figured out Philadelphia. I mean, Indianapolis and Jeff Saturday. And if Jeff Saturday would have won today, they would have changed his name to Jeff Sunday. I mean, oh, Indianapolis bum, bum, won. So thank you very much. Don't forget to pay uh, uh, tip your wagers. Uh, they pretty much handed it away. I mean, I, it's, it's, you don't know. There are still, I mean, because they're so mediocre teams, you have a hard time figuring out who's really good or who's really good this week. Well, I mean, We had a lot of faith in Philadelphia and Buffalo, but, but they've shown weaknesses. And now Allen's elbow situation, you yeah. don't know if he's going to last the season. So there's a movie called Any Given Sunday. Where's the, yeah. who originally said Hoo-ah. Yeah, who originally said Any Given Sunday? Because that's the truth. I was talking to my wife explaining the upsets today. And I said the talent on those rosters are so good, it doesn't take a lot to, to flip the switch. Because those guys, if they're motivated and the other team's down and they get the right scheme, anybody could win Any Given Sunday. But do you know the origin of that? Yeah, George Allen. When he was coach of the Rams, because at that time uh, the Colts and the Packers were the dominant teams in what was the NFC West at that time, mm-hmm. and George Allen, who boy no one in this podcast remembers, uh, <laughs> I remember said, George Allen. Uh, any given Sunday, uh, any team could beat any team, and it's it's true. But now it's not any given Sunday; it's any given Monday, any Thursday, any given Thursday, and soon it's going to be any given Wednesday or Saturday. Saturday. When they get to the playoffs. Yeah, well, not going to be that long because uh, most of the teams are playing on Christmas Eve, which is a Saturday this year. There'll be three games on Sunday. And only one of them, I think, have two relevant teams that are still in the playoff hunt. But mm-hmm. but teams will still watch. I mean, that's it. Last year, the highest rating was the, the Dallas-Cleveland uh, uh, game. Yeah, yeah. Or no, Green Bay Cleveland game last year. So this, feel this Thursday is Thanksgiving, and yeah. So how much football will you watch on Thanksgiving? Uh, with turkey in front of me yeah. before that. Uh, oh, oh, oh I get it now. You'll be sitting in front of the TV with turkey in front of you. Oh yeah, with my uh, uh, cranberry sauce and uh, El Tryptamine. Is that the the thing that makes you drowsy? Yeah, turkey? the turkey. Eat too much turkey, you you yes. get sort of sleepy. I do want to have a turducken before I die. And it was nice that they're honoring John Madden at all three of the games. Nice. Uh, I'll watch the uh, the Buffalo-Detroit game will be interesting. We just won't have Aretha Franklin to take 15 years. Oh, oh don't bring back fish. bad memories. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what was she doing with the... You know, I love her songs, but whatever she did with the national anthem that day just was like, oh, no. She just took her 15 minutes of fame oh, and really gosh. made it 15 minutes oh, of fame. Oh, my goodness. It was, it, was a, it was a train wreck. It was fascinating. It, it was, was like listening to a podcast at half speed. It was. The, oh, yeah. It was, it was, like I said, I mean, they, they do this. But that's been a couple uh, years. She's been gone a couple years now. So. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Are they gonna break out the old? Uh, She'd be really uh, slow now. So the the retro, no no helmet on the decal. I the hope not. I'm plane. tired of that stuff. Okay. Yeah, I'm grumpy Buffalo, about that. Buffalo could wear the old uh, OJ, you know, with the standing buffalo, not with the little slash mark on that. I'll watch 
probably bits of all of them. I don't know if I'll watch the whole thing. Your favorite um, I, dessert on Thanksgiving? My favorite was pecan pie. Oh. I love and you have a pecan tree in your front yard. Yes, I've, uh, I have three, two in my father's uh, yard, which we are harvesting. They have the short type. The one in my yard is what we call paper shells, which are easier to crack. They're elongated, so you have more of the, the pecan inside. But pecan pie, I have addicted all my grandsons in that they, you know, they all love cranberry sauce. Have you ever had chocolate pecan pie? Ooh, ooh. That's, that's what my daughter that makes. She makes chocolate pecan pie, and it is, oh, my gosh. He thought pecan pie was good. Add a little dark chocolate to it as well. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Too good. I like and I like uh, the, the fried turkey, the Cajun-style oh. fried turkey. As long as you the, don't catch your house on fire, that's good. No, no, that's true. But, you know, they dip it in the, in the, in the oil and, and cook it that way. I like it that way. Like my cranberry sauce. Like my potato salad, like my bread, like the pecan pie, like the roll. I mean, that's just it. Cornbread one dressing. Day, um, I like dry cornbread dressing. I don't like it soupy. Uh, Some people, my mother used to make it inside the turkey. It would be very, very liquidy. Stuffy. Yeah. Yeah, and I like it dry. I like where I can, you know, like like hardtack in the Civil War. <laughs> break off a piece. And, Put around my bandana before I march off to Antietam. <laughs> that was for the really old folks listening to this <laughs> wow. broadcast. Yeah. Our tack was uh, old unleavened bread that Civil War soldiers would dip in coffee, and that would be their meal for the day. Yeah, we need cliff notes for this podcast. All right, yes, I would do that. <laughs> we have to do it. Like, what are they talking about? I listened to an old podcast on Jack Benny, who was a comedian, and the guy who rebroadcast them does a little primer before the actual podcast he'll say well this guy was this guy he'll explain the inside jokes before you hear the actual shows you'll get all the jokes uh, so which, he talked about rochester and dennis o'day who was his man friday so to speak yeah all, all to the politically incorrect things they did back in the 40s oh and 50s. yes but then the famous joke of where the, the robber comes up to jack benny and goes your money or your wife? No, 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 and, no. Your money or your life? Oh well, I've heard do the wife too. And it, Jack Benny was not did not tell funny jokes, but he knew timing. Yes, his timing was exquisite. Now you couldn't repeat his jokes, and they would not be funny because he didn't literally tell a joke. No, but he had this great timing and the eye roll and all of that, and that was his. Oh, we really got off course here, did we? That was the key day. Well, let's get back to sports then. Okay. Um, so, NFL, who are you picking? I'm picking the Chiefs to win it all. What about that? Uh, I can see the Chiefs, and I might even go with, I, I, I think, everybody's saying the 49ers are going to get it together. I go, like, win. And <laughs> As long as Jimmy G is their quarterback, it's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah, I mean... And Philadelphia, to me, I mean, I'd, if if he could be a Dallas Chiefs, which would be a Texas Redux because the Chiefs were originally the Dallas Texans, it could be the Cowboys and the Chiefs in the final. Just, I hope it, not. I hope, it cha- I, again, it, 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 
alters week to week so much. I mean, you saw Aaron Rodgers, right? You saw Aaron Rodgers be totally inept against the Lions, and the next week, the fourth quarter, he looks like himself with a rookie wide receiver to defeat Dallas in Green Bay. And you just don't know from one week to the other. I mean, this week we find out the the Giants are a mirage. The Vikings are a mirage. But you don't know what they're going to do the following Who gets hot, right? Who gets hot at the end and stays healthy? Who gets OBJ, by the way? If he waits much longer, will it matter? I mean, he's not going to the Rams. I mean, back in my mind, they keep going like Jason in the horror movies that Brady's going to get hot in the playoffs. Because quite <laughs> frankly, if you saw Brady go against the Giants, even if it was in New York, I'd have to take Brady. If I saw him in Minnesota, in Minnesota, going against the Vikings, I'd have to give to the Brady. I mean, that's just, I hate to say it, we've seen this so many times before. I mean, the guy's been put in the grave and figured it, and, and then he quietly gets hot in the playoffs. You know, the question of the year for Brady was one of the reporters says, do you have any regrets about coming back? This is after the divorce was made public. Right. And he goes, no. And, ooh. I'm like, really? No wow. regrets? Is there and something we don't know about Giselle or Gazelle, whatever her name is? Well, she, she's, she's pulled the Priscilla Presley thing. She's run off with her martial arts uh, teacher. That's what Priscilla Presley did when she lost. Oh, is that what else. is that what's happened? Yes, yes, and and they're both building houses in Miami where he can still be with the children in that respect. And that was again we talked about in the past. He was trying desperately to become the general manager of the Dolphins, and then in the middle of the season, he could be the quarterback, wouldn't have the wear and tear of an entire season, and then he'd be set in his new hometown and, and right now the Miami Dolphins are being investigated for, for tampering for that. Right. Or well, they did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they did. It's, it's, it's like uh, the Yankees and the Mets are being investigated for tampering because uh, the new Cohen, the owner of the Mets made a deal to get Steinbrenner's approval where he could buy the franchise, get the vote and the owners and he did this little deal on the table that he would never go after any of the Yankees' free agents. So he's not bidding on Judge. No one's bidding on Judge. Yeah. So, yeah, these, these things happen. I mean, just deals happen all the time. But back to football. Uh, Cowboys and Chiefs. And I could come back next week when we're talking for the 197th show and say, what was I thinking? What yeah. were you thinking? Yeah. Overreactions. Think? Yes, yes. All right, someone's going to get hot. It's just someone will get hot. Yeah. Who's the MVP this year? MVP has got to be Mahomes still because um, Allen's faded. You can tell he's injured. He would have been the MVP. Mahomes still is. Um, yeah, that's my pick. Next coach to be fired. Wow, we're really rattling him off. Yeah. I thought it was going to be the. Fire. I thought it was going to be the Raiders, but. You know, Davis doesn't want to lose money by firing him, and he's going to give him another year. I thought it was going to be the Lions coach, and then they run off three victories. Um, next coach to be fired. It's not going to be Miami. Boy, look what that guy's done down oh, there. Oh, no. He, he might get coach of the year. I think the Texans coach. Coach. Texans coach. 
Lovey? Not give Lovey more than no, a year? No. He's just I, I he, say, he's a caretaker until they get somebody better. See, I say Hackett at, at the, the Broncos because they've taken away play calling away from him. But he hasn't even been there a whole year yet. Oh, yeah, but they're a disaster. He's, he's totally out of his element. You got new owners. The owners now did not hire him. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Bring back yeah. the old Broncos with Kubiak, huh? Uh, well, it's his grandson, which is calling plays. He's the quarterback coach now. Uh. So, yeah, I mean, they took play calling duties away from him. So, to me, that's... That's like uh, taking get, away get your, your keys resume. to your car. You can ride oh, yeah. in the car, but you can't drive the car. You can see the car, you can watch <laughs> the car, but you can't drive it. It's like when they move you from an office with a window to a closet. <laughs> to the basement. Get the resume. Get to the basement. Get your resume ready. It's just a matter of time. Yes. Yes. And I don't think we're going to have to worry about college coaches. That rule has ruined that for any college coach to ever jump again to the pros it's everybody's these young offensive coordinators the younger and younger i think that, that leads me another if arizona and they're on hbo's uh, hard knocks middle of the season but uh, there's a pretty good chance they're gonna stay with colt mccoy as their quarterback i'm pretty sure he's gonna start why did next. they sign murray to the long-term deal why they had questions about him anyways uh Basically, they felt like they had no other choice. They, there was a lot of fun made of him that in that contract, yeah, you know, was, he has so to study much time. Video. Yes, he has to study video. And, and by video, we don't mean Call of Duty because <laughs> he has a penchant for playing uh, video games. And they felt like he was doing that too much. He was playing too much Call of Duty. So that's why they put it. And then they removed it when it came out because it made it, them look a little petty. And it also looked as a comment on the intelligence of him as a quarterback. He's but, just but, so small. He's always injured. Why did they do that? It just seemed like they were jumping the gun with him. Well, with, with, and this is true of all sports. When you have a young talent and it hasn't performed, there's a point where you got to go either cut bait and go fish and find someone else. Or you feel like, well, we have to pay him. And, that, and that's what's led to a lot of these gigantic contracts is they look at a guy and they go, when well, he's 24, well, just think what he'll be in a few years. We're going to invest and we're going to wrap him up for 10 years. And, and it just doesn't fulfill. What you see at 24 is the highlight, uh, particularly quarterbacks, because physical quarterbacks, like we saw with, with Cam, and what we're seeing with a few others is, is if they're physical and they run a lot, they're not going to make it to 30 and be uh, proficient. I, that's what I worry about Allen. Even with the soul, I mean, it's neat to see Allen run down and run over guys at Buffalo, but there's a due date there. Oh, I mean, yeah. He's not going to make it to 30. Well, look what's happened to Zach Prescott. He keeps on getting hurt, and he's a runner, too. So. I don't know. Look at Wilson. Look at Wilson at Denver. I mean, that's that's got to be. I mean, they'll talk about, well, he doesn't want to, the coaches to tell him he wants to make his own plays. He doesn't want an arm ban and all that. But what I'm seeing is a physical uh, regression. He's just not physically up 
Does it make you appreciate Brady even more when you see what's going on with other quarterbacks? He is the true anomaly. He is the unicorn. I mean, it's just amazing. Well, you look at Rodgers this year. Rodgers, he's either totally disinterested or he just does not have the physical skills. And I don't think it's the interest because he's a professional. I just don't think he can do it. And like let's say he did not, he would throw off his back foot. He would throw, he had where he would jump in the air and throw and torque his body, which he could torque it more than having your feet planted. And he threw from all different angles. And when you get to a certain age, you've got to adhere to something more typical throwing motions or, or you're not going to be as accurate. And I think that's what's happened to him. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing with Matt Ryan. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it, it, whatever Brady's doing it for, if it is TV 12, whatever it is, he is the anomaly. He's also learned to not take shots. And, and again, it's changed, but you never see him take a heavy hit or a shot. He, he He's amazing. Amazing. All right, Ernest, time is slipping by. We'll, oh. we'll get to World Cup the next time around. I'll give you a good three to four minutes to talk about something in the entertainment world. Any movies you've seen lately? I've got addicted to a new series on Amazon called The Peripheral. And it, one part, because part of it shot you know, nearby in the mountains of North Carolina, I can tell. I've been to the location. And it basically deals with uh, a group of people about eight years in the future. And not to spoil it too much, they get a job where they're testing VR. And this type of VR seems real because it is. And it's not about a where, it's more of a when type Ooh. of thing. And it's the same. It's the same producers. It's the uh, the brother of the guy who did all the the Batman, Dark Knight, suits. Inception, he, Nolan. Yeah, it's Christopher Nolan's brother and uh, his wife, uh, her name Lisa Joy, and they did Westworld, which the first season was very good on HBO. It was with, with uh, Sir Anthony uh, Hopkins. Hopkins. And it was, you know, his voice could make, he could read the, the telephone book. I would probably <laughs> watch it for Adams, Charles, 895-7333. But uh, it, the first year was pretty good. The second wasn't. But it's, it's, it, it's, it's really well done. It's involving. I've also got into uh, Ted Lasso. After David's been telling me for a long time, uh, I've viewed the first year and halfway through the second and uh, I know the soccer sequences I can tell are not quite authentic but that's all right but it's it's the classic fish out of water it's 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 kind of an updated version of a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court mm. <laughs> you have this optimistic uh, wise in, in many ways individual stuck in English society and it's a transitioning for both, and they're very rich characters. Uh, again, the same guy who uh, produced, uh, 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 well, I forgot the show already, by uh, the Doctor Show, uh, Scrubs. The same guy. Oh, Zach Braniff. Well, no, he's directed a few, but the actual producer of the show has has done these, and it's all of it is shot in England, uh, and it's it's 
well done. The, the characters are all very, very strong in it. They're identifiable. And again, it's, it's uh, all of them are going through different crises, but it's, it's well written. Now, because it's English, the language is a little hard for our American delicate. They have a, one particular word they love to use, which is a traffic Fudge. stopper here in the good year. Uh, yeah, well, well um, think of a kick after possession and change the front of that. But Fudge they it. dropped that, that. Yeah, that pretty much. They love to do that. But it's an enjoyable little series and, and peripheral. Uh, I've got to catch up. Nope has come up. I have to watch that. Uh, I mean, there's a few things, but there's so much sports going on there. Cause I, I know, so much. I, you know, in, in college basketball, is interesting because you get matchups. Cause like, uh, oh, that's Baylor next week, and, next week, next yeah, week. I was going to say, nobody wins a championship in basketball in November. Yeah. But, I, I have one but, cultural recommendation. I have Apple TV, and I watched the new movie Spirited featuring uh, Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. A lot of fun. I laughed so many different places. And all I'll say is the scene that they sing a song called Good Afternoon was hilarious. Hilarious. And that's an inside joke when you watch it. But it is a musical. The same people that did La La Land decided let's do a total funny take on Charles Dickens, Scrooge, the whole thing, and make it fun. And Tracy Morgan is the angel of death in the future alone tells you that they have some fun with this. And a lot of things you don't anticipate in that. There's a twist in it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a good thing to get you ready for the holidays. A clean movie. Uh, I saw Ryan Reynolds on Tonight Show, and he said, you know, I'm at a stage of my career where I'm going to pick who I want to work with, and I've always wanted to work with Will Ferrell. So I thought that was pretty cool. So now, have you, you seen Have you seen Welcome to Wexham? Have you watched any of that on FX? I started one day. I didn't get to it. That's a true life story where he owns with another guy, uh, Rob McElwain, um, who's minor on, league uh, soccer league in England. But we're almost out of time. time. Sorry. Almost out of time. Almost. Out, I know we got so much to talk about. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Be thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful. Yes. Be yeah, thankful. Be thank- I'm so, thankful for this uh, to be able to do this podcast. Yeah, I'm thankful to do the podcast too with my buddy Ernest. And uh, blessings to all you out there. Uh, enjoy your family, and if you don't have family around, reach out to somebody who might be feeling alone as well. And so you can do that. My first year away from my family, I was living in Atlanta all by myself, and my next door neighbor was in the same situation, an apartment complex. So um, I decided to cook a turkey real quick. My oven went out that morning, and I called my mom and said, what do we got to do? I, I don't have an oven. She said, you can boil the turkey, and I said, the heck with that. So we went out for fast food. We went to a movie. It turned out better than I thought. So there you go. All right. And that neighbor was Ted Turner. <laughs> no, no, or it wasn't Ted Turner. It wasn't Ted Bundy. I don't even know what that guy's name is anymore, but we made the best of it. All right. For Ernest Watts, this is Paul Arnold. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to join us sometime on the podcast, email me at gobluearnold at gmail.com and have a great night. <laughs>